morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter. And it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday on the DFS pregame show where we talk about DFS strategy. We review some slates. We had showdown yesterday. I came really close. I came so close. I believe, I believe. I deleted the lineup that would have split the Millie. I believe, I think, maybe. It could have been a Herbert lineup. It could have been an Eckler captain lineup. It was one of them. It was one of them. I, I, I played 65 lineups yesterday. I think I only played 30 in the Millie. So I don't even know. I don't even know where that lineup would have been. It may have been in the 100K contest. Who knows? Uh, I made 10 bucks on the day. I, I, I did fine in single entry. Uh, but I, was, I, was, I, I wasn't building 150 lineups. If I built 150 lineups, I would I, I would have split it because I would have had that line, uh, but uh, but yeah it's uh, going through because I had to eliminate some right so I was like I was playing a lot of I was playing Eckler in the captain a lot Herbert in the captain a lot uh, I I pretty much look at slate IQ and was looking you know running back quarterback wide receiver one right so I had I had some Mike Williams but he didn't fit into that many lineups uh, and then I had uh, rugs and Carr captains also but in a lot of the Eckler and uh Herbert lineups I was getting I was getting a lot of either Donald Parham or Foster Moreau in the tight end and I was building four two builds because that's what Slate IQ said right so I'm building four two either four chargers two raiders four raiders two chargers and uh I, I got it down to like you know like 200 lineups right I'm only playing 65 so I'm going through and I believed on this type of slate that the, the 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 complete punts probably weren't good. If you're not playing Mike Williams in the captain, you don't like need like I didn't need Zay Jones. So like I decided I didn't want to play KJ Hill, right? Like those types of guys. So I just got rid of the Zay Jones lineups, and then I'm getting rid of the KJ Hill lineups. And how much Justin Jackson do I want to play? How much I. I thought Larry Roundtree had a limited ceiling. So I got rid of the Larry Roundtree lineups. I'm getting rid of those lineups. I'm now I'm down to like a hundred and 115 lineups, right? So I'm going through, it's like, okay, how much of, you know, this guy do I want and going through whatever. And I, it got down to like, maybe like 80 lineups left. And I still had to get rid of some to get down to 65. And I believe I got, I got rid of the lineups that had Jared Cook and Donald Parham together. I believe that's what I did. So I was going through it. Like, I, I got to find some way to eliminate some of these. I've already eliminated by every other method of the guy. I'm just not going to bother playing this player at all. And it's like, well, I'm still playing plenty of Donald Parham. I'm still playing plenty of Jared Cook. Uh, but like, I have like, I have like three Peyton Barber lineups. So I get rid of those, right? Okay. So I'm now, I need 12 more lineups to get rid of. So I'm going through and it's like, okay, scroll, 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 scroll. Anything that doesn't make sense. Is there a Raiders defense where it shouldn't be? It's like, okay, maybe get rid of that one. And then I got down to like, like I think three or four lineups that had uh, Cook and Parham in the in the flex spots, and I got rid of those. And so that that got me down to sixty five, and then I used those sixty five. But uh, yeah, one of those lineups could have been Eckler and the captain Herbert, uh, Herbert Carr, Renfro, uh, Cook, Parham. I I believe it's either that it's either was an Eckler captain or a Herbert captain, but the Eckler captain was obviously uh, like a five way split for for the million for the million. And I didn't have it, uh, but I mean, I, I made 10 bucks. I could have made more. I could have won the single entry for 20,000 or 15. We would have split it. Uh, but uh, Carr's interception changed that, right? That one point off, just like destroyed. It, and then Eckler gets the bonus. And then sixth place for me, there you go. 
Uh, so, so that was showdown. But uh, but good morning, good morning, people. Give me those tummy thumbs. Don't bother hearing my 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 bad beat stories. It's not bad beats. It's just that's the way that's the way it is, right? Like the times that I that I possibly got rid of the lineup that would have probably won me two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Remember, in my MMA score, like it was, I made one hundred sixty lineups, and it was my one hundred fifty ninth one that won. So like. It works in both ways. It works, you know, sometimes sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you put it in and whatever. Uh, but uh, give me those tummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. It's, it's, a, it's a quiet day today. Quiet day, quiet week. Just as a programming note, uh, th th there will be no show tomorrow and Thursday. Okay, Wednesday and Thursday. Remember, baseball is pretty much done. Uh, NBA isn't coming back uh, for, for two weeks. Uh, and uh, a lot of times, you know, what, what the hell are we doing on Wednesday and Thursday? What, what I mean, there's nothing to review. And I'm typically answering the same questions over and over again. So for Wednesday and Thursday this week and Wednesday and Thursday of next week, there will be no uh, DFS pregame show. So put that in your programming note. I see you guys in there. Good morning, Anthony Golden, Suki Singh, Jim Steele, Frederick Dutz, Sterling Woods, Card Fan, Shannon Lambert, uh, Real King, Kurt and Linda McCannich, McCannich. Dave Spag, Matt Mears. Shannon Lambert says nothing like losing by two points because your kicker missed the field goal last night. Well, yeah, at the end, but with Carlson, I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't going to be in the bink or anything. None of the kick, neither of the kickers were. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, what do I want to show you? I want to show you. I, I don't. I don't bring this up that often because uh, I don't. I don't know how useful it is. I mean, you could find it useful, I guess. Uh, in, in lineup HQ, which obviously is for for premium members. So feel free to click on that link in the description and get uh, $10 off your first month. Uh, you could go back in time. It's a time machine. You could go back, you could go back in time now. You could, you could select, there's this date selector and you could go back to any slate and it will show you, it will show you, it will have the actual fantasy points from the slate in the player pool, right? So we will see, it will, you'll see what's called actual. Right, actual F points from that date. That's the only thing that shows up there. And it also shows the gridiron IQ projections next to it. Okay, so you could use both because you could, you could build using obviously the, the projection fantasy points or actual. And by using actual, you could, you, could, you could build lineups with what exactly happened and see what lineups could have been made that could have won you something, right? I mean, like you could do, you could make, you could make uh, tests. You could run stuff like that. So what I did is that my first run that I did earlier, because it takes a while, I ran a build that basically had double, like basically had like max correlation, double, double stacks with a run back, a secondary correlation and a third correlation, right? doesn't mean you have to do all those things, but I just want to see if I would have ran that with like, what would be the, what would be the best lineup that you can make with that construct type of construction, right? The, if I look in results DB, the top, lineup that won the slant let's say was 242.38 right so you're looking like anywhere like in the top five is like 230 or above so i go here and i'm just like just to be interested like if i just built it like what's the best lineup i could have built one that would have scored 231 this is patrick mahomes with tyreek hill and jody fortson okay with kenneth gainwell at 0.1 percent projected ownership Right, this would this would have been the best lineup you could build with that because obviously you have Cordell Patterson with the Falcons defense. 
You got Ezekiel Elliott and DJ Moore, right? You got Patrick Mahomes with Kenneth Gainwell, and then you got a Debo Samuel one-off like that. Now, obviously, like, like who's playing Kenny Gainwell? Like, oh, yes, we needed to play Kenny Gainwell. We need to play Jody Fortson as our punt tight end. Like, you're most likely not going to be playing these guys. So, like, I'm, I'm scrolling and going, like, when am I ever going to play two tight ends and one of them is Jody Fortson? Probably not. So I kind of look, and it's like, okay, here's a lineup that has, like, actual projected own players. It's like the top one, Sam Darnold to Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore with Dalton Schultz as the run back there. Then you have uh, Cordell Patterson and Terry McLaurin, right? And then you have uh, Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill, Colts deep, Jonathan Taylor with the Colts defense, Tyreek Hill, 231 points. It's like, okay, this is a viable line. I mean, this is a viable line that you could have made with, ma- with maximum correlation. Okay, and you could go through and you could see like what could have been made. I mean, sometimes you could find lineups to go, I oh, yeah, I had plenty of these guys, I had plenty of those guys, and I, for some reason I just didn't have that line, right? I'm throwing out like guys like Randall Cobb, it's like 0.1% owned, right? You go through here. Sometimes you get unprojected guys, right? Doris Fountain in the top 100, only because he had a zero, right? He had a zero, but it allowed you to fit in everything, right? 218 points with Mahomes to Doris Fountain, who didn't even play, didn't get any snaps. But it allowed you to get, obviously, Tyreek Hill and allowed you to fit in everything else. You got Danny Gainwell in there, right? Now, is that going to teach you anything? No. But it's an interesting thing to do. But I also ran another build. And if you see what I did here, to eliminate these kind of like, like there's no way that, that there's no way I play any of these. No blue play. These guys aren't even owned. Like, it's almost impossible. Like, even if Jody Fortson put up 700 points, like, I, like two people have them. Like, like, it doesn't even matter. So I go in here and I go to the build setting, custom settings, and you can make a custom setting for anything. So I made a custom setting of basically saying any, anyone that's less than 1% projected owned, just don't, don't play in lumps. It's like, give me at most zero, right? Less than one projected owned player, right? Anything that's point whatever, just like eliminate them from the pool completely when you build your lineups. And then what I did is that I didn't like hard code in like stacks. I'm like, okay, how about here's, here's some double stacks and a run back. Here's skiddy stacks and a run back. Maybe only 66% of my lineups have a secondary. Maybe only a third have a third, you know, like just give it a little bit, a little bit more leeway, right? So, so it's not just hard. Like you have to, you have to correlate everything in your lineup, just whatever. Lineups that you seem to be, you could reasonably make. Uh, so it'll eliminate like someone like Randall Cobb. Right, even though he put up like 23 points, but at like point nothing percent ownership. Like, I don't want all my lineups to I don't want the, the takeaway to be, I guess I should have played Randall Cobb yesterday. Like, that's not gonna teach you anything. Right. So I ran I ran it that way. I did this before the show to let it run in the background and build two, which allows for a little bit more uh variety. So we get here, number one, 249. Okay, obviously a lot of the, all these are going to have Cordell Patterson. We can see you can even take a look at the numbers here, right? Of what the players you would have needed to have in order to build these types of lineups. So Tyreek, obviously, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Saquon Barkley, Dalton Schultz, Debo Samuel. From a quarterback perspective, I mean it's mostly Sam Darnold, right? High scoring quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Taylor Heineke, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes. It was one Russell Wilson lineup, and he didn't even perform that well. Let's take a look at that. 200. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's just something, some garbage on the bottom, right? Cause there's Rieger in it. Yeah. This is just, cause I put in, uh, I gave it so much leeway that it's just trying to fit in whatever the hell 
to fill the, the requirements. So this is this is all the way at the bottom. So 200 ain't going to cut it. So that doesn't even matter. So I get rid of that. I go back up here. Let's take a look at the first lineup. It's a double tight end line. Okay. Sam Darnold to DJ Moore. Dalton Schultz on the other side. Then we got Barkley in the Giants defense. Then he got uh, well, no, no other. Uh, then we got Tyreek Hill and Dallas Goddard. This is the other secondary correlation. And then you fill in Cordy, Cordell Patterson, Debo Samuel. Here. There you go. 249, you win. You win the slant. All right, we look at the next one, David Montgomery and the Bears defense. Still double, double tight end, right? For the for the prices. Let's look, let's look for someone that's not okay. Here's not a double tight end. Sam Darnold. So this is a 245 line. Darnold, Anderson, Moore, Schultz. Then you have uh Cordell Patterson, Saquon Barkley, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel. I mean, this, this is a this is a lineup that you could have made. Now you probably weren't as high on Barkley or Patterson or whatever, but I mean they're, they're projected on. I mean they they were owned at least. I mean all of them obviously have Patterson. If you didn't have Patterson in the running back slot at forty nine hundred for thirty four point six points, you're dead, right? If you didn't have Tyreek Hill, there's only like five of the top hundred Tyreek. You didn't you're dead, right? Take a look at the running back position, like Saquon Barkley. Pretty much, I mean, I mean, he was the second highest scoring running back. Then David Montgomery, then Zeke Elliott. I mean, you could have had some of these other guys, but to me, this is an interesting exercise to go through and go what what lineups could have been made, right? And maybe you go through this. Maybe what we do is like, well, there's no way I would have played Patterson. So, like, what, like. I'm not going to gain anything by this. I, I had some Tyreek, but I didn't have any Patterson. Well, X them out and then run the lineups again. What lineups that did not have Patterson could have been? Let's let's try that. Using our current configuration, I'm going to X out Patterson and go, could we have made lineups that got into the 230 plus, 240 plus range that have some amount of correlation, some, I mean, something, something to put together that don't have 0.1% on play. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna press build for 100. We'll let that run. That'll take a couple of minutes. Take a look at the chat. Uh, let's see. Brian Tedeschi, can I send you parameters for my quick game stacks and tell me why it's getting rejected? That would be better solved in the RG Discord. Go into the lineup HQ help channel, LHQ help, and so and someone will help you with that. That that's the best way. If I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why they would. You'd get zero lineups. It must be conflicting with something. You don't have enough defenses. You don't. They, they, there's something else going on that's that's stopping it. It's probably not the stacks, or you just made a mistake, or you filled out a. You put a number. Yeah, five. And then like, how how are you supposed to build five guys into the lineup, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, Joe Clary. McCool builds cash games only based on player ownership over fifty percent. How do you calculate ownership for cash games? Liner Trace Q shows GPP percentage ownership. The, the top-owned players in GPP are, are typically the top-owned players in cash games. Well, how much they'll be owned is a different story. I don't know. You, you have to judge that for yourself. But, but typically, the highest-owned the highest owned players are there. Like, if we take, take a look at, I mean, take a look at results. This is, this is the slant, which is a large-field GPP, okay? So let's take a look at the slant ownership, okay? Derrick Henry, 23%. Montgomery, 22%. Adams, 22%. Lions defense, 21. 
G.J. Moore, 19. Mari Cooper, 18. Woods, 17. Kelsey, 16. Harris, 16. Kamara, 16. Cup, 16. Odell, 16. Hubbard, 13. I mean, Nick Westbrook, Akine, as the cheap guy, and Curtis Samuel, both at about 12. I mean, these are, I'm, I'm, I'm reciting cash lines, right? My, my cash lineup, my, my cash lineup uh, on Sunday was Derrick Henry, David Montgomery, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, Lions defense, <laughs> uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, like that, that's, and, and, uh, and Will Disley. Here you go, 12% tight end, the, the second highest owned tight end. Because either you paid up for Kelsey or you went down to Disley. And the project, these are, I mean, if you go to the projected own, this was about what they were projected owned. I mean, you go to any ownership, go to our ownership. Yeah, some are a little higher than others. Yeah, sure. And that, that, that third running back or whatever, it was Hubbard or Sermon. I mean, it's kind of spread out there. But still, I mean, I, take a look at the, take a look at the top, the top guys right here, right in the screen. I mean, it, this is all cash. These are all cash plays. Right? Anyone that was like 10% plus, I mean, like, this is your cash pool. Like, it's not that complicated. So, I mean, if, if that's why that's why the best way to judge whether or not you're playing cash well is that if you, if once, once it locks, you go in, and if you see two or three of your players at single-digit own, you screwed up. Right? My lowest owned player was 20%. My entire cash loan. Most were in, in, the, in the 250 double up or 35 plus. So I have Henry, Henry's 65% owned. Montgomery was 35% owned. Dak was 20, 30 something. Right? DJ Moore was 35. Amari Cooper was, Kamari Cooper was the 20. A lot of people played OBJ in that spot. Adams was 45. I mean, the Nick Westbrook was 45. The Lions defense was 50%. I mean, you go through there and you go, okay, I guess, I guess I made a good cash lineup. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty damn chalky. You see 4% on whatever, and then you screwed up somewhere. So do you have to get the exact number? I mean, it depends on the contest. Obviously the higher stakes double ups, the ownership will be even higher on the chalkier players because they're better, sharper people know who to play in their cash loans, right? There's only a select group of people that are, I mean, I, I tweeted about this, right? If we take a look at who is viable as a, ca as a cash play, who's viable? I mean, I, I'm using a very broad, broad use of the word viable. It's all these players. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. And then maybe 21, 22, maybe. Then some quarterbacks, I guess, the Jets defense, maybe 25, right? You're playing Allen, you're playing Hurts, you're playing Prescott, you're playing Fields, you're playing Heineke even. I mean, you could throw in some, maybe maybe there's 30 viable players, maybe. Now we're really stretching it. Like you're probably not playing Cooper Cup because you already have uh, Devontae Adams in your lineup. So you're probably not playing any construction that involves both of them. But you could have one or you could maybe, un I don't have Adams, I have Cup, okay. I think that Adams projected better than Cup, but at least you're not, you're not, okay, fine. You have Cup in there. I think that's a worse play, but it's, at least it's viable. So that's all you have to do. I mean, just basically you're running optimals and you, you could find 20 lineups that are within like a half a point of each other.
then just choose the one that you think is, is better strategically. Or just play the top one and just don't worry about it. That's perfectly fine. Oh, let's see. Dave Spag, why does that lineup have the Falcons in at 0.7%? Because I didn't restrict it to defenses. You saw what I did when I when I have the, the build rules. I only did wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. Because any, any defense is viable, no matter what their ownership is. Just like any quarterback is viable. I mean, it's not going to throw in a quarterback that didn't play. So if you get Jacoby Brissett in there, okay, that's still... I'm talking about the guys that... I'm talking about the sixth wide receivers. I'm talking about, like... Oh, yes, Kenny Gainwell. I'm not like those guys, Jordy Fortson. Like, or, or, or guys that are just in there because it's still a zero and it still makes the lineup better because it's a $3,000 zero. Like, I'm just getting rid of those guys. But any defense is fine. I don't care about the ownership of a defense. There's only how many? There's only 26 to choose from. And they're all viable. And they're all viable. Perfectly fine. Uh, let's see. Alex Santi, can you compare MME ownership with single entry? I mean, I can. I mean, I had the I had the slant up over here. Let's. I mean, this is the showdown isn't updated completely, so let's go back. Let's go back to. I like using the slant as like a barometer more so than the mill. The slant, uh, the slant, because of the 150 max players, and it's it's not 200,000 field. You get a little bit better sense of. Of, of ownership you don't get the complete outliers a lot of the time okay so let's go here let's go to ownership let's go to the the, the spy the spy would be single entry and then compare that to the slant i guess and then so we're gonna go with the big spy yeah the big spy even though i did better in the smaller spy slant So we take a look at single entries and this, the single entry spy is still a fairly big contest. It's like 5,000 entries. So we could see here, Henry. I mean, you're really just comparing the two together. Like which is, which chalk is more chalky? Henry lines defense by far. Odell. Piemont about the same. Devante enough of the same, right? I mean, you could just look at the green and the yellow, right? But Kelsey about, I mean, like, this is not dramatically different, but like Westbrook, 18% in the spy. I mean, to me, that's the easiest, but, you know, get, get rid of the Lions defense and get rid of, get rid of Nick Westbrook and maybe don't play Derrick Henry. And there you go. You can build any lineup you want at that point. I mean, especially the Westbrook and the, and the Lions, like it's a defense, who cares? Play another defense than a 30% on defense in single entry. Play someone that don't 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 have a lineup that even requires a $3,200 wide receiver when the guy's going to be 18% owned at single entry. I mean, I do that even when he's 12% owned. So, like, makes it even easier. You take a look here. I mean, nothing that dramatic. Amari Cooper actually is more owned in, in the slant than he is in the, the, the single entry spy. And a lot of this is fairly even. Like, do you consider 9.83 versus 12.54 for Devo Samuel would be that dramatic? No. I'm looking for dramatic stuff. CeeDee Lamb was more owned in the slant. Mike Davis, way more owned in the slant than in the, in the spy, which made Mike Davis more of a better play in the spy than he was in the, in the slant. All right, so I'm looking for big numbers here. 
Right? You're not going to find that much difference. Like you're really just looking at the top. Like how much did the chalk condense? So if you played the single entry spy and probably a, a comparable contest, the best, the best way to, to, to gain leverage would have been not play Henry, not play Lions, not play Westbrook, probably not even play Odell, right? They were the most overowned. probably. Yes. That they were the most over those four players four slots. And we had options. Like, obviously, you have options on defense. Obviously, you have the option of just not playing. Especially if you're not playing Henry, you don't even need a $3,200 wide receiver. So you get rid of you get rid of 33% ownership here. You get rid of another 30, right? So that's 63. You get rid of another 24, right? So what are we up to now? 87? And then plus this? I mean, it's 105% ownership between all, all, all these one, two, three, four players. So just X them out. And then at that point, just play the best projected lineup that had some correlation and you're good. That's it. You're done. You're done. There's no, there's no other thought or required. These guys are obviously overowned. Maybe not in the slant, right? The defense, obviously, I mean, come on, a 29% owned defense. Defense is the most varying position there is. You just don't play, don't play, just X them out. Lions dud and that, that kills 30% of the lineups. OBJ shouldn't be in a quarter of the lineups. Derrick Henry shouldn't be in a third of the lineups on a 13-game slate with plenty of running backs. And the $3,200 wide receiver, I mean, why? He's in, he's in a fifth of the lineups. And look, if you did that, you didn't need any of them. I mean, you could have won with Henry, yes. You could still win with a three, three-point Lions defense. But Odell, dud, five points. Westbrook was unnecessary for 5.9 points. I mean, dude, yeah. And if all four of them hit, you're dead. And okay, okay. And then you're done. You move on to next week. But to me, this is the easy, like to me, playing these types of single entry contests are the easiest. Because it's, it's so obvious who's overowned. In the slant, now you have to make comparisons of like, should Odell be 16? What is, what is his efficient ownership in the slant? I think his efficient ownership in this land was like 10 or 11%. Okay. His efficient ownership in the spy is probably 14%. But he's going to be 25. So gone. He's gone. Gone. Easy. But this stuff in the slant, because obviously the, the ownership is, is more flat. So what, what is, what is Najee Harris's efficient ownership? I think in the slant, his efficient ownership was around 15%. And the slant in the spy, probably 17, 18%. But still, he came in at what, 16.5 in the slant and 14 in the, the spy. Like, you can do whatever you want with that at that point, right? But the chalk chalk stuff, the heavy chalk, that, that's, to me, that's the easiest to fit. It's easy on a 13-game slate. There's tons of running backs, tons of defenses, tons of other wide receivers in, in the 6K range. Like, look, look, Amari Cooper was 12%. Odell was 25%. Two to one. I mean, I had Cooper a three-point higher projection than, than Odell. So to me, that's easy. To me, this is the easiest thing to do. You could literally X them out and build whatever you want if you want. Just do that. Let's see if we got our, okay, we got our 100 here. So we ran it again uh, and gave it a little bit more leeway. 
100 lineups. I've got a 234 up here. Ty Montgomery at seven points. Well, because it's going to try to jam in Tyreek, right? We got some lineups. Like, this is a, this is a Deontay Harris. Okay, maybe you're not playing a 1% don't, but I mean, hey, you're playing, you're playing, basically you're playing a saint on the other side of Saquon Barkley. So this is, this is what we ran without uh, Cordell Patterson, right? So in our second build, we ran it with Cordell Patterson. And look at the look at these lineups, 249, 248. Like, yeah, essentially, if you didn't have Cordell Patterson, you're dead. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't have won with any reasonable lineup, with any, with any reasonable, I mean, without, without knowing the future and knowing that backup running backs and third tight ends get there, right? So, yeah, I mean, he would have been competitive. But there's no way because of his price and how much many points he puts up, and obviously his ownership that that you would have gotten there. You would have gotten some great lineups. You would have gotten some two thirties or something. But even then, Tyreek Hill's in ninety eight percent of these lineups. There's still two lineups that he's not in. That's why we saw in the Millie Maker winner didn't have Tyreek Hill. He didn't need him. Now, most likely, I mean, he would have been highly beneficial. He's probably Tyreek Hill is someone that if we, if we look at the top 0.1% of lineups, would be in most of them, but not all of them. Very similar to when we ran here, right? We ran with the CPAT lineups, which switches over. Tyreek Hill wasn't in 5% of the lineups, but CPAT was in all of them because there was enough wide receivers in the wide receiver slots for you to get the points. You could have Samuel, you could have McLaurin, you could have more. You have Devonta Smith. You could, you could have had, you could have made up those points in the wide receiver slots by having like all of them. But in the running back slots, you're not going to make up 4,930, almost 35 points. Because the next, because the next bets was Barkley. And then the next bets at that price was like Montgomery, 25. So it's like, it's, you're giving up 10 points and you have to make that up in the wide receiver slots or somewhere in the defensive slot and you can't. So really, if you didn't if you didn't have CPAT, you had no chance yesterday. Pretty much. Oh, let's see. Frederick Dude says people feel uncomfortable getting too crazy when they only have one lineup hand. Right. And that's what you take advantage of. Your goal isn't to win money or cash every week. Your goal is to Mike, if I'm if you're playing the hundred dollar spot, your goal should be you're playing 18 weeks, you're playing eighteen hundred dollars worth of lineups and your goal is to win once for what 50 or 100,000 whatever it is that that's it so if on a week to week basis who cares if you cash that's just okay survive in advance if you 3x 5x oh whatever and it doesn't matter that you're just playing one lineup you have to think in terms of you're playing for 18 weeks just like in basketball you're playing for 200 slates for baseball you're playing 200 slates Add with the football. If you're playing all the sports, then football is just a very marginal point. When people, oh, you didn't win in, in four weeks. So what? I'm playing basketball also. I'm playing baseball. I'm playing MMA. I have soccer on the weekends. I got soccer champions. I mean, it's all, to me, it's all one game, just different sports. So to me, it's like, oh, NFL season counts as something separately. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be 18 main slates. Just like I play NBA and MLB. Now, yes, I play higher volume in NFL. So like one NFL slate equals like three NBA slates. But still, even if I multiply it, 18 times three is 54. So I still, I end up playing more volume in the other sports for the whole season. 
but you don't think of when you when you play a daily sport oh i i single entry for mlb it's like oh i gotta play a safe lineup he's like no you stack stack whatever you need you know fade a chalk to pitcher or stack against an sp2 do something a little bit different and if it doesn't work out you got tomorrow okay go on tomorrow think of it the same way i'm gonna play this contest every single day and my goal is to win first once in a season once and if you could do that you make a ton of money right let's say you don't even come in for it you come in fifth i mean if we take a look at, let, let's take a look at the payout for the spy where's the spy show me the spy let's go here let's go to contest let's go let's go to the the, the big spy right uh the big spy five fifty five hundred entries okay okay hundred thousand fifty i mean i don't like the payout structure Okay, so you're going to spend $1,800 on this contest throughout the course of the season. You have to expect to, like, you'll cash 20% of the time, right? Because that's just, if you're at, even if an average player, it pays like 20% of the field. The min cash line is like 250, okay? So if you're just average, if you just run averagely and you cash 20, just min cash 20% of the time, you're playing what? 18 slates, what's 20% of 18? About three to four slates. Let's say four slates, you min cash. For, for 150, I think it's 1.5X. So that's $600. So that's, that's, that's you're going to put in 1,800 and on average, you know, if you just play averagely and you're not building like high equity lineups, you're going to lose $1,200, right? You'll cash 20. And let's say you cash a little bit more often. Let's say you cash 50% of the time, okay? Which would be high, but you just min cash. So you're playing 18 slates. That's $1,800. You min cash nine times. Nine times 150 is what? 1350 So you've lost $450, right? But that's what, on a week that we, oh, but I, ca I cashed every other week I cash. Yeah, but at the end of the year, at the end of the season, you're still losing money. Now, let's say you don't min cash at all. You never min cash. 18 weeks, you never min cash. But one week, you come in 15th. That's two grand. You're now up $200 on the season. You, came, you, didn't, ca you didn't cash for 17 weeks. So who knows which week it is? I'm not saying 17 weeks you lose and on the 18th week you, you blow up. I mean, it could be whatever. But you have to, this is how you have to think the mindset of when you play GPPs. You're, play, you're playing, the, it's one long game. Week to week doesn't matter. Don't play above your bank. That's the whole point of bankroll management. So you could survive the whole year. If you're like, oh, I'm going to play half my bankroll on this play. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to live to see that. But let's say you don't mean catch at all. And you come in fifth in one of them. Well, that's seven grand, right? So you're up what, $5,200? Of course, if you win first once, that's 100,000. We have Shrek who's in our, our Discord who won first in this contest. That's how you have to think about it. Most, a lot of people don't. That's what, you, that's what you're taking advantage of. That's why the ownership looks the way it does. That's why it condenses. I got to play the good plays. I got to play the safe plays. I got to put in my cash lineup. They're just giving money away. I mean, they're building lineups that have virtually no first place equity. 
take advantage of that. I'm going to fade Henry. I'm going to fade the Lions. I'm going to fade Odell. I'm going to fade Westbrook Aquino. You could have made plenty of lineup. Let's make let's make those lineups, okay? With the actual, we have the actual here, okay? And we don't even have to play Cordell Patterson, right? Let's say we don't play Cordell Patterson. So I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the projection, not with the actual. So we could put Cordell Patterson in. So if you just went with the gridiron IQ, right? If I just build the optimal right here with the with the final projections, it had Allen, C.H. Harris, Cooper, Samuel, Moore, Disley, Kittle, Lions. Okay. So now we're not using the actual; we're just using the regular. Okay. I mean, look at this lineup. This this lineup alone doesn't have those players, right? Other than the Lions defense. Okay. So let's go to the player pool. Okay. We're gonna build. Let me go to the stacks because you're probably still going to build some type of stack, maybe some type of some type of correlated lineup. Maybe, may, let's say even if you wanted to do the correlated lineup, like heavy correlation, like you wanted to do running back defense. I'm I'm putting it on max. Let's say you wanted to do a double stack. You just really let's let's make it let's make it as simple as possible. You don't have to, but I'm just saying, just so you don't have to judge between lineups. Okay, so you put 100 in here. Okay, we're going to build, we're going to, I mean, we're going to build five, five lineups. I mean, that essentially we're going to build five lineups that don't have, let's go by, where, where's the point? It's hard to judge by here, fantasy points. Okay, so it doesn't have Henry, doesn't have the Lions defense. Doesn't have uh, Westbrook Akine. Doesn't have Odell. Okay. I'm going to go through there. And has like maximum correlation. So you don't have to even think about it. Right? Let's build. Let's build five lineups that look like that. So you just basically exit out and go, give, 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 me, give me what's good. Just give me what, what's left. Okay. So we're taking a look at this contest, which is 225.44 with Shrek. We're not using the actual. Okay. You get Jimmy G, you get Jimmy G. Maybe you don't play Jimmy G. Maybe you don't play Jimmy G, but you get Garoppolo, Samuel, Kittle. That would be very contrarian. But here, I mean, Darnold, Harris, Cook, Anderson, Cooper, Moore, Disley, Kittle. Vikings defense. Here's one, a double stack with Dak Prescott. Maybe you don't want to play double tight end. So, let, okay, I'm going to make it so, oh, yeah, I'm, ne I'm never going to play double tight end. Okay. Let's let's go into the player groups. Let's go into the build settings and, and get rid of it. Okay, because you're never going to play double tight end. Let's say you're always going to play a wide receiver in the, in the, in the right? Well, I already have oh, unique players one. Okay. Using most of the salary. So let's try it now. So we don't get double tight end. So people don't, oh, I would have never built the double tight end lineup. Just to see. You could build plenty good lineups. Kai uh, Roach, you mentioned in the podcast that ownership last week was very flat and it was hard to find the under-owned players. What's, in this case, would a return to vomit stacks be a good strategy? No. Vomit stacks are all built around the fact that 
there's not there are no not enough high total games where there's a quarterback who could put up 30 plus points 35 plus points that that's 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 the basically the stacking is all linchpin with the quarterbacks if you tell me that the highest uh the the, the quarterback with the highest points in a week is going to be 24 then you could you could play any quarterback you want right you play a quarterback that puts up 16 and still get there especially if the quarterback is only 5200 5500 the highest scoring quarterback is Kyler Murray with 26 like then vomit stacks are in play right then you got vomit st- then you're fine then you can build all the vomit you can play Jacoby Brissett you can play whoever you want Carson Wentz Wentz the problem is, is that we all these we have slates that have three four five games with 50 totals and those games have quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and you know Jalen Hurts and Dak Pre- like Herbert someone one of these guys is putting up like 35 points and I'm not going to survive giving up 20 points, 15, 20 points at the quarterback position. So building those vomit stacks, like doesn't get you anywhere. You're, you're, you're giving up too many points at, at truthfully the position that the points are the most valuable at quarterback. The quarterbacks are actually the most underpriced players on the entire slate, right? They should be more expensive, but they aren't. So you want to, you want to get as many points in that spot as possible. And when the projections between the quarterbacks are narrow, then who cares? I'll pay 5,200 and pay up somewhere else. Why am I paying $7,800 for a quarterback for an extra four or five points? That was fine three years ago, two years ago, even. When you'd have, what, there'd be 12 games. One of them has a 50 plus total and the other ones are in the 40s, right in the mid 40s. And you're like, okay, well, if that game fails, Right, and that goes under. Then any of the any of these games that are in the forties could get there. Well, there's a forty-eight total, but how about the, the quarterback in the forty-four total? Right, it's not that dramatic of a difference, four points. But when you have one game that's a fifty-six total, another game that's fifty-four and a half, another game that's fifty-three, two games that are fifty-one, like how how do I justify playing a, a cult stack in a forty-three total game? Like you, like. And they're all not going to fail. I mean, like some one of those quarterbacks and one of those stacks is going to get there. Or one of them is. So I can't play the vomit. So let's see if we can find this line. Still more Dalvin Cook. Mike Davis, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds. I mean, these lineups are viable. Like imagine you played something like this. You played Matthew Stafford with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Right? You ran it back with Chase Edmonds. You played Mike Davis. You played Stefan Diggs. You played Debo Samuel. You played the Falcons defense. What's wrong with this? What's wrong? Oh my God, this is so contrary. Why not? Look who you have in your life. You have Diggs, Samuel. You got Cup in there. Would it have, would this specific lineup would have gotten there? No. But who says you can't play this lineup? Okay, well, I don't want to play Dalvin Cook. So X him out. And play someone else. But I mean, based on our projections, I mean, what's, what's wrong with these lineups? These are perfectly fine single-entry lineups. Take a look at the projected ownership. It's over 100. Right? This one's from 82. You can even set that. You go, I, 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 I want to X out those players. And I still want to build a lineup that has a high projection and high ownership. So, so you could even go into build rules. 
and say, I want a minimum total ownership is 110. Minimum. Right? Because you're getting rid of so much ownership. Maybe 100. Can we even find 110 once we get rid of those guys? Right? It doesn't matter what the up is. Right? So we do that. Maybe we even, maybe, maybe even we make it so that it's a little, we don't necessarily need secondary stacks. Maybe we don't. So we, we, we like that. Maybe we'll see. We'll take a look at 10 lineups. Right. What do they look like? You can find plenty of lines. This is for single entry. You didn't need to play Henry. You didn't need to play Nick Westbrook. You didn't have to play the Lions defense when they got so inflated in comparison to the large field conference. And you could still build good lineups. Paul Adair, would it be overthinking to force one or two sub five or 10% ownership players as a way to reduce product ownership if lineup projects well? Or depending upon the weekend, it's unnecessary and overthinking. I, I, I don't even think you need to do that. You don't have to force a player in. If any, just cap it. If you're using product ownership, that means you must be doing it for yourself in Excel. Then pr- cap the number, right? Say no more than X amount. And then you don't have to worry about forcing in anything. It'll just naturally do it. Just like with, the, just like with doing cumulative ownership sum in here, right? I'm going to force in some low-owned players. Well, why don't you just set a max total of whatever? 100, 90, 70, whatever, whatever you want it to be. And it'll do it naturally. So you don't have to think about what players to put in this group of all these sub 5% on players. No, just, just cap it. It'll, it'll do it automatically. Uh, so here, what's wrong with this lineup? Dak Prescott, double stack. DJ Moore, run back. You got CH, you got... Debo Samuel got Will Disley, which are his opposite sides of the game. Colts defense, like, here you go. Here's a single line. Here, here you go. Here's a spy lineup. 121%. I mean, look, you can play this. Go, well, there's a lot. Look at all these double digit. Yeah, but you're fading Henry, who's going to be 33% owned in this contest. You're fading OBJ, who's going to be 25% owned in the contest. You're fading the Lions defense at 30% ownership, right? You're fading Westbrook and Kine who's 18%, here you go. There's another Dak double stack. And look, it basically just has Gibson and hat. Like, you want to play, you want to play a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Do you want to play Antonio Gibson? And then you have to play the Jets defense. It's like, okay, what's wrong with that? Here's Sam Darnold double stack, right? You still got Disley and Samuel in there. Here's Blake Jarwin, if you want to play that. I mean, I mean, all these lineups, lineups are viable. Here's a Darnold double stack, double stack with Tommy Tremble. It allows you to get Devontae Adams in this lineup, right? Here's Corey Davis, right? I mean, like all these lineups are viable. You can't tell me that this lineup isn't viable right here for single entry play. Darnold, Anderson, Moore, Cooper. CEH with the Chiefs defense. Najee Harris and uh, Devontae Adams across from each other. And Wizzle Lisley is the punk. I mean, there you go. Single entry lineup right here. I'm just showing it. I mean, you can do all of these. You didn't have to play the chalk guys and these lineups. I'm not showing you lineups that are like, wow, that's that's a crazy. Like that lineup's so crazy. No, it's not. It's not crazy at all. 
And then in the spy, in, the, in a contest like the $100 single entry spy, this actually has higher expected value than you would in the slant because the ownership is condensed so much on certain players versus the slant. So these lineups are great. Go. But I don't want to play this. Then, then X them out and just find other lineups. I don't want to play Debo Samuel. Okay, then find a non-Debo Samuel lineup. I mean, I mean, all you're doing is taking a look at the projection and the ownership, right? That's all you're doing. So find another lineup that is somewhere in the 140, 140 to 143 range, 100 to 120% owned that don't have that doesn't have Debo Samuel. And then play that one. There you go. If you if for whatever reason you don't want to play Debo Samuel or whatever, name, name the play. I don't want to play double stacks and play a single stack line. I mean, like find the lineup that fits the, fits the, fits the, fits the constraints, fits the, the, the attributes, right? The projection and the ownership. And that's it. There you go. Done. How long should that take? Right. It's how, how long does it seem like that should take? Shouldn't take that long. People are spending all week trying to figure out their lineups. Okay, anything else before we get out of here? Looking through the YouTube chat. Frederick Duke, what factors do you take into consideration when determining the depth of your player pool by position before crunching? Uh, the, that they project well? That, that, that's it? I can leave everyone in the pool. There's nothing. There's nothing. What factors that they have to project well? Someone that doesn't, pro someone that projects absolutely horribly is is unlikely to ever even make it into any lineup anyway. I can leave them in. He's just not never going to show up, right? Projection versus ownership. That's it. That's all it is. I'm gonna. Am I going to play the sixth receiver from some? No, I'm not. They, they project for the two points. You get rid of those guys. I'm not getting rid of anyone else. They show up, they show up. Uh, Con Campbell, would you still use the process you showed us last week or an ownership be low enough because of the high-owned players being excluded? Yeah, it's, just, it's essentially the same process, Con. Imagine we did the same process, but I left those four, four slots in. So I left the Lions, I left the Henry, I left... You could still find a lineup that has one of those to play right like i said you're looking for the attributes not the it's not about the players but if you're the type of person that focuses so much on the players it's like here's an easy way to make a single entry lineup who's going to be way too overowned for this specific contest it turns out it was those four so if you just x them out and ran it like any lot any lineup that shows up any lineup is viable that projects what that, that pick any of the top 20 projected lineups. Like if you, if you literally just wanted to do that, I'm just giving you, I'm showing you an easy way to do that rather than let me leave all four of them in the pool. And let me run lineups with a certain ad, you know, certain projection, certain ownership. Right. And Oh, this one has Henry. Oh, this one has Odell. Oh, this one has, you can do that. I mean, that, that, that would be fine. Also, you don't have to fade all four of them. You don't. But if you want, if you want it, if you want to make it really easy, just go dip, 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 and then build the best lineup you can. Like to me, that that's the easiest way to explain it because you're automatically getting so much ownership discount from there and not give up that much projection. None of those, none of those four between Henry, between Westbrook, between the Lions defense, between Odell, did not have constructions that that didn't have any of them that projected this for the same amount of points. Right. 
Like, dude, you could have made a cash line with none of those and still been within, within a half a point of that line. So obviously you can make GPP lineups that are within a half a point of that lineup also. Right? So that's the point that I'm making. But to me, it's easier to just X them out and run it. If that's what you need to do. If you're not, if you're not comfortable sorting through lineups that are like, well, this one has this guy, but that one has OBJ. This one has, which one is better than the other? And probably the answer is they're all about equal to each other. So you're, you're driving yourself crazy by doing that also. Uh, Michael Dampier, can you take a little bit about the DAC double stack with Lamb and Cooper specifically? Are you fine with this in most MME formats or less likely in larger? I'm less likely in larger to play two uh, wide receivers that are over 6K with each other. Only because in a large field contest, you have to hit like a ceiling in like almost every spot in your lineup. And it's less likely that two 6K receivers will give me 30 plus points each. In a smaller field contest, I don't mind that that much. I don't need to. I don't need to hit the nuts. So yeah, the smaller the the smaller the field contest is, the more than you feel free to over over correlate. In larger field contests, less so. If you're playing the milli, most of if when when I would even in a slant, and the slant is what sixty thousand entries or something, something something like that. What is it? How many entries? 39,000. Even for 40,000, I'm playing primarily skinny stacks in these contests. Some du- And the doubles that I play are the ones where it's the tight end, right? So you're playing Russell Wilson, Wilson Metcalf, Disley, right? You're playing the cheap guy. You're playing Allen Diggs Sanders or Knox, right? You're not playing the two wide receivers. You're not playing, you're, you're playing uh, Cousins, Jefferson Conklin. You're not playing Jefferson and Thielen together. Like you could do that in the slant because it doesn't cost as much. And the smaller field stuff, I have no problem. I don't, I have no problem playing five guys from the same game. I have no problem, you know, doing, uh, you know, Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, Conklin, and the two runbacks and just like having the whole game in my life for like a 500 or less entry contest. You could do that all. You could do that. You don't need the nuts in all your spots. I've said this before. This is this is, this is not this is not complicated, right? Frederick Dude said it exactly. They're negatively correlated in large GPPs where you almost need each player to crush to win. That's correct. Doesn't mean you never can do it. Like I like remember the answer. There's no yes or no answers. If you're double stacking and there's two 4K receivers, then go for it. I'm a, do you need 50 points from a 4K receiver? No, you don't. Like I Kyler Murray plus AJ Green plus Max Williams. Like you could do, what's wrong with that? That's a double stack, but you're, I'm playing a punt tight end and a $4,500 wide receiver with a rushing quarterback, nonetheless. That's fine. If you wanted to do Prescott, Cooper, Schultz, well, Schultz is 3,400 at the tight end spot, which is a wasteland. Okay, that's fine. But most likely, most most likely, uh, uh, most likely Lockett and Metcalf and Wilson, like they're just that's two seven K receivers aren't are, unless they score fifty plus points. They're not just you need both of them to get the hundred yard bonus and two touchdowns. I mean, like that's essentially what you need, kind of what you're aiming for when it comes to the Millie Maker or something like that. 
unless you could reasonably see that happening. You'd rather one of them put up a 50-point game and the other one have nine points and then just have the right one rather than both. Because what ends up happening is that you play the double stack, right? You play Wilson, Lockett, Metcalf. Lockett has goes eight for 80 with a touchdown, which is what, 22 points. Metcalf goes five for 100 with a touchdown. That's what, uh, 24 points. And neither, and, and the stack doesn't make, right? Oh, yeah, but I got 22 and 23. Yeah, well, it's, that's not enough for the Millie, right? Right? There's going to be two wide. McLaurin is 36. Debo Samuel is 34. And like, okay, well, the stack doesn't get there. Wilson, Wilson is 28. Like, it looks nice, but it's just not high enough. You would have rather had all the work, instead of Lockett going eight for 80 for, for, one, for one touchdown, you'd rather have Metcalf with eight for 180 and two touchdowns and just have him and have, have McLaurin or Samuel on the other side. Because that you're trying to beat 150, 200,000 lineups. Like a 400-person contest. Yeah, yeah, you, you can make the Seattle. You could, that Seattle stack with Wilson plus Lockett and Metcalf, that could, that could win. The winning lineup for that contest may be 30 or 40 points lower than the Millie Baker. So like, okay, so you don't need that. Okay, hit those thumbs ups on your way out the door. I'm going to wave my thumb at you, wave my thumb at you. So uh, if you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, you could, you could use this, these, these, we call them historic, historic slates, historic projections, right? It says historic in the post, right? So you just, you just go to the date and you just go to the date of the contest. And it, you could do this in any sport, I believe. I believe. Like NBA. I'm going to go back. Uh, I'm going to go back uh, last week for that NBA. Like, it should be there. And you could feel free to run lineups and go, well, what happens if I did this? What happens if I did that? What if I did that? And, and experiment with whatever you want. If I would have done this, if I would have built this way, maybe, I mean, just gives you another tool to review the slate. The more, the more, the more you learn from other people's lineups. I mean, that's why you use Results DB, sharp players' lineups, and you learn more about roster construction, building high equity plus EV lineups. The better you'll do on future slates. So don't worry about oh, what's the target share of this guy from the last game? Like it's Tuesday, dude. It's Tuesday. I think someone in the Road Grinders Discord is like, are we playing Damian Williams and Cash on Sunday? It's like, dude, it's Tuesday. Right, because David Montgomery's out for four or five weeks. Like it's Tuesday for crying out loud. Like I'm not even look. I'm not even looking at Sunday slate. I looked at just to make a dummy lineup so I could start entering contests. That's about it. I won't even think about it until Thursday, Friday, maybe. Right, Friday. Right, I have to do the ASA show, so I, I need to think of it on Friday. But stay, spend this time either doing something else, right? Enjoy yourself, or reviewing, going through results DB downloading CSVs, studying sharp players, and you will get better. That's how I learned how to play. I learned primarily from downloading CSVs and looking at sharp players' lineups and go, what are they doing that I am not doing? Over and over and over and over again until you learn. Okay. So hit that thumbs up when you're way out the door. We don't got anything else. I don't think we got anything else today. Is there anything going on today? Uh, there's the, the the wild card. Yankees, Red Sox, a wild card game tonight. You can play MLB Showdown. I haven't played MLB Showdown in a long time. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll play some MLB Showdown tonight. 
Uh, but we got tons of stuff coming up on the channel later this week. All the football stuff. Basketball is coming up in, in two weeks. Yeah, two week, two weeks from today, I believe, is, is opening night in basketball NBA. We got we got obviously the NBA content to come. Uh, and uh, and I'll I'll be back. Remember, no show tomorrow, no show Thursday. I'll be back on Friday. I mean, I'll be back Thursday night for the showdown show, but for this specific show, the DFS pregame show, uh, we'll be back on Friday. Casual Friday. And then we'll obviously talk about, you know, now, now we can talk about the NFL slate. We can review the Thursday showdown. We could do stuff, but what am I going to, what am I going to do tomorrow? We're going to sit here and we're going to twiddle our thumbs. You're obviously going to twiddle the thumbs on the YouTube because you're going to give me those thumbs. Uh, and, uh, and so there's not, not much to do. So, so take two days off, rest up, and we'll get ready for NFL week five on Friday and answer your DFS strategy questions as always at 11 o'clock in the morning on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.